Today on our show, Varga opens some Christmas presents, Nikki gets on a bus, and a familiar face returns. Mash a potato, you know what you get? You get Fargo, Season 3, Episode 7, The Law of Inevitability. Stay tuned. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Ooh. Yes. Ooh, like smooth jazz. <laughs> Ooh. Mm. Yes, good feelings all around, much like yeah. the good feelings I had when this this very familiar music kicked in at the end of this episode, something we're going to talk about later, but we finally got our season one connection oh, solidified yeah. that we've been uh, looking for. And season two. And season two as well. We're going to get there, but first, welcome back to ABTV Fargo, your one-stop shop for these these three lovable, lovable uh, uh, Ooh, people. ape creatures. People is the word talking you're looking about, for. Sure. Talking yeah. about this, uh, this wonderful program. Potatoes. That's what we are. Yes, I am Lex Michael. I'm all <laughs> over social media at the Lex Michael, and I am here, as always, with... I'm Dave Child. You can find me at MRDaveChild or DaveChild.com. My name's Dave Child. Oh, boy. Who else oh, do we have? Oh, wow. My name's Tara Erickson. You oh. can find me on YouTube.com backslash Tara Erickson. Also, Twitter at the Tara Erickson. Okay. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. If you are joining us live in the chat, hello. We are happy to have you. If you are tuning in after the fact, keep up with the conversation on Twitter. Oh. Oh. Hey, it's me. I heard myself. It's coming. It's Sorry, coming around. That's happened sometimes when we go to the chat. That proves that we're on the chat. We're on there. Talking to you. I went there and I left the sound on like an idiot. <laughs> yeah. That's all right. If you are not in the chat and you want to keep up with the conversation after the fact, use the hashtag ABTVFargo on Twitter. You can find our show wherever podcasts are to be found. Yes. Go on to iTunes, like us, subscribe us, rate us five stars, let our producers know how you think we're doing. We love you for it. Who doesn't love a nice little, little pat on the back every so yeah. often? And as mm. is well documented, I need those five stars to live. So, episode seven. Yes. The we, law of inevitability. Yes. So we are now, I think, moving into, there's only three episodes left after this one, this what? season. No. We are now, yeah, we're no. now, That's sad. we are pivoting into the home stretch, Don't as it pivot. were. <sighs> this episode, I thought, as all episodes of this season have been, I thought was excellent, but it, it hurt me in the feeling places. Mm-hmm. Wanted to, mm-hmm. as always, right up top, get general thoughts on episode seven from the both of you. Uh, I mean, I loved it. I thought it was great. I think the the standout performance and also most hated performance is probably Sheriff Mo. It's it's funny <laughs> oh, to God. read. I read so many reviews and kind of like people's comments on this on this episode on Reddit and stuff, and uh-huh. everyone's just like, "Oh, I hate." Oh, I hate him so much. <laughs> I hate him worse than any of the villains. I hate him worse than Varga. I hate him worse than anyone. It's just it's just funny to see everyone's hate towards this one guy who isn't even the bad guy of the season. No. I thought that was kind of great. I love the downward spiral of yes. uh, Emmett in the restaurant where I'm like, wow, you're saying way too much, sir. Yeah. Uh, but also how Sai's wife undresses him as though that's a normal thing. She does. He has a sad face on the whole time, and I just thought that was really, really funny. Where I'm like, oh, sigh. He seems like that guy. Where right. he walks in, she takes off his jacket every yeah. day, and then puts on his like house sweater. I was like, oh my god, poor sigh. I was not expecting to feel for sigh though the way I ended up I feeling did, for sigh in this right? episode. Ugh. He has not so far this season been presented as all that sympathetic. Also, the way he breaks, the way it's like, what's wrong, sigh? Oh, the world, yeah, the uh, world everything. is wrong. Oh, <laughs> yeah. it so it's like wrong. it looks oh, like god. the world I recognize but everything is different. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like, right. my, but again, 
my feelings. My feelings were just broken into a million little feeling pieces. But before right. we, we get there, we open. Uh, the first Noel is playing over a little montage Varg. of Varga helping himself <laughs> to the Stussy family what Christmas present. Yeah. What a regular scamp he is. Oh, man. Just helping himself to some presents. With a good old knife. And I, at, He's not even ripping them open. He's no, very meticulously just checking, seeing what everybody has. If he likes anything, I'm sure he's going to pocket it. Do we, at any point this episode, see Varga outside of Emmett's house? No. Oh, no. no. Also, I think it's important to note that I think what happens at the beginning of this episode, unless he rewraps all the presents, which he could have, I think happens after the episode is over. Because later, oh. later we see them hanging out in front of that Christmas tree and the presents are all wrapped in under the tree. Sure. So this is kind of a... Mm-hmm. Kind of a flash forward, if you will. Possible, but I also wouldn't past, wouldn't put it past Varga to meticulously open every gift, right. check all of them, and then put them back. Just yeah. because he can, he can. Yeah, and maybe he's taken some out or left something in some of the other ones or something like that. He would do that. Also, every time you guys say his name and I see him on screen, I can't not think oh, of the God, metal thing the in his metal. teeth. Jabbing and I'm like, teeth. right now, I'm like moving my lips and mouth weird because oh. I can't. I'm like, oh, God, I just, the image, it will never go away. He's so disgusting. Oh, I can't. Okay, anyway. Yeah. Meanwhile, or or possibly not, depending on when that opening actually does take place, we see Gloria and Winnie and some other police have found Ray's body. They're investigating the scene. Right. Mm-hmm. I continue to feel sorrow for poor poor, poor dumb Ray. Ray. He's got he's got flies on him now. God. Just no no dignity for Ray Stussy even no. even after his past. Right. There was kind of a sense of suspense in the last episode when Gloria was like, "You know what? I'm going to go back to the apartment." And we were seeing Varga and everyone at the apartment, so we were worried that they were all going to kind of collide. Yeah. And that didn't end up happening, but it's still it was still a dynamic episode yes. because she finds a dead body. She pretty much knows that this is getting worse and worse and worse. So she just wants to present that to her, the other cops, who just won't listen to her. Especially Mo, because oh, what a douchery. Mo. Especially Mo. And Mo now can can accept the narrative that Varga invented offhandedly. Yeah. We see the police grab Nikki from the motel, they bring her in, and the very first thing Mo does is very callously puts a picture of mm-hmm. Ray's body in front of her. And she, to Nikki's credit, Nikki is able to maintain her composure, but I love, love Mary Elizabeth Winstead's performance because she's keeping it together. Yeah. But inside, you can see all of those mental emotional wheels turning very aggressively. You can mm-hmm. see, you can see the hurt and you can see her fighting to keep it contained. Yeah. yeah. There's also a moment where she picks up the picture and it looks like she sees something yes. in the picture. I stopped and rewound and was like, what are you looking at? What, did what you was any, it? I don't know. Like, the only thing I could see is there's maybe something under... Did the under... stamp fall out? No. When he Ooh. hit him? You know, that's what I thought. I'm like, is she seeing a reflection from glass and there's a stamp? It fell under the dresser. I mean, I'm I'm pulling this out yeah, of my... Yeah, maybe there's like a picture of a frame or something. Yeah. Where the new frame was there, so she knew that... It wasn't, like, the frame in question. Right. I don't know. I don't know. 
I but I have wanted to know that. That was a big part. Yeah. They blatantly did that, and I'm like, oh, what is that? And then they never went back to it. I thought they would. But, right. I we mean, I'm sure still, they will get to it, but we might still find out. Yeah. I hope we find out what she sees. Yes. So now, uh, as we said, Mo is ready to accept that Nikki killed Ray in retaliation for these beatings. Yeah, and that's pretty easily. He's like, but he's ready. Like I, every time Mo has a scene, I'm reminded of multiple seasons of The Wire every time that like the rest of the department would yell at McNulty for unsolving murders essentially uh-huh. right. I'm like okay I get and I get where where Mo is coming from it is unfortunately to the detriment of everybody else in this story yeah. but it does make sense if he's trying to do his job part of his job is to close these cases as quickly as he can ideally as efficiently as possible right. but we, we need we need our stats to look good at the end of the year yeah yeah and he's going for the first and most obvious answer every single time it's, it's his what do you get when you mash potatoes? You get mashed potatoes, yes. which I just want to mash his face. What is that? Yeah. I want to mash his mean? face potatoes. It just mash means... And also, like, you it know... It means mashed potatoes. <laughs> and sometimes you get different types of mashed potatoes. Right. And you can use the... Pot- Anyways. Um, but, yeah, it's... And he's not... And he's kind of leading the witness to in a way that's... Or he's... And maybe not leading the witness is the right term, but he seems to just be like... This is what happened, right? Just say this is what happened. We can move on. Right. right. He never wants to really explore. And did you guys feel like when he was bringing up, he's like, I hear you're a little bruised in the mid area. Probably hurts pretty bad. Uh, that I thought he was going to like, maybe like beat her. I'm like, I wouldn't put a pass Mo to like beat her up a little bit in like where she's hurt. But then also I thought, now he's an idiot. And he thinks by yeah. just saying that, that maybe that he knows that she's bruised and he has like some weird power to be like, you know, I know like you're hurt that that might get her to like give up information somehow which yeah. I'm like that's not gonna work on right. Swango. Yeah I'm surprised you don't go with the like hey listen we know it's tough we know it's hard. He was still treating someone who was a victim. Right. Because the story is that she was beat by Ray right, and then retaliated against that mm-hmm. so even if you're talking to someone who was beaten to the point of of killing a man. Yeah you're not gonna yeah, you're not. You're still talking to them like a hostile witness, right? Right, and that's ridiculous. If you want to get on their side, if you want them to admit, what you want to do is like, hey, we're all friends here. You want to you offer do them some pie what after Gloria the holidays? Did, which was pie. That's yeah. what I was gonna say. Pie, <laughs> pie, yeah, pie. Good old bingo. Gloria. Pie. And Gloria, we see, is trying to get herself an opportunity to talk with Nikki, and of course, is being barred yeah. from doing so by Mo, who is just trying to get this business settled as quickly as possible. But Gloria's there when he's there, and they're laying out the fact that there are these there are these three murders. They're clearly connected. I am very. I'm not surprised because we knew Gloria was a smart cookie, but I'm very impressed at the way she knows exactly what's happening. Exactly. She doesn't yeah. know maybe why it's happening. She doesn't know where all of these pieces lead necessarily, right. but she knows exactly what's up. Yeah. But of course, to an officer like Mo, it sounds very, you're just creating problems. This is, it's a conspiracy now. Uh, there was yeah. that, we get that line where only an intellectual could come up with something so it's, stupid. Yes. Yeah. It's also, which is such a dumb line. Uh, oh, but it made good, my, it made my skin crawl because, like, there are a lot of those people in our reality as well. Yeah, yeah. Where we get a lot of that, but because we're just so intellectual, so that's the, our problem. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> one, yeah, and you also have to remember, Gloria is not the is is not the subordinate. Is Mo isn't above Gloria? They're on the same scale. They're both their chief right now for eight more days, including eight more days. So the fact that like Mo keeps talking down Gloria and talking down like he's the boss is 
it, it's not respectful at all. And nope. it keeps talking down. And I feel bad for Winnie because Winnie is actually in over her head. She actually is just a traffic cop. Mm-hmm. She is like just in the traffic misdemeanors and it got involved in this murder crime. So she really is, for the most part, she really does have to take the like, yeah, okay, all right, it's not my department, uh, you're my superior, so I'll back off. But Gloria does not have to do that. Right. And she, and yet every single time she asks a question, every single time Winnie asks a question, the, um, I forget his name, but the the sheriff or the chief of that town. uh, Of St. Cloud. Of St. Cloud, thank you. Of St. Cloud turns to Moe. To, like, clarify it. So yes. he never seems to even talk directly right. to Gloria. It's always like, what is she talking about? Like, I, I don't understand women. It had such, like, a stench of toxic masculinity. Yeah. Yes. That I just, like, ugh. And, we've and seen he that. still knew that she was a chief, because she said it blatantly in front of him. Yeah. yeah, that's right, for eight more days, including Christmas. Yes. Yeah. So we've seen a, a streak of administrators in this world, in this season, being very, gro- casually, but very grossly misogynist. Yeah. Yes. You, yeah, yeah it's, it's gross. It's a running thing where it's, it's in it's in every season of Fargo in some way. There's some sense of misogyny, and fighting against it. But this is yeah. even stronger in this ep- in this season. But like the slaying that she does in that office of laying it mm-hmm. all out is like it totally makes up for all yeah. their idiotic, uh, you know, all of that stuff because yeah. she's just it's amazing. Like when she lays it all down, I'm like, women win always in this episode. I don't care if you're like the <laughs> the. <laughs> Yeah, no, Wonder yeah. Woman out this yeah, weekend. Done. Uh, even though they're jerks to her, I'm like, no, she's the one that has it all together. Like, in the end, yes. you are so dumb. Well, and right. she's smart enough to know that in that room, whether or not it is right in any sense, she has to nod and she has to go, okay, because she knows she's got to be a professional. She's got to stay within certain parameters. But as soon as they're out of there, even once they told Winnie, like, you're bumped back to traffic duty, she goes to Winnie outside that room mm-hmm. and says... Go talk to the brother. Yeah. Go yeah. tell him what happened. See what he does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she also has a point uh, in that room where she says, if we go by your story, if we go by your story where it's just an accident here, a coincidence there, and a coincidence there, that makes less sense. Yes. It really is weird that, like, three different people died purely by coincidence in the span of, what was it, like a week? Right. It's not even. And like, just look at the last names, you idiots. Yeah. Like, it's like, come on, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Seems clear. It's like, she needs a medal right now without even solving any of them and just being like, yo, did y'all check the last names? Yeah. Goodness gracious. So, Winnie does go catch up with Emmett, but before we jump over to this restaurant scene where oh so many things happen <laughs> I wanted to hit on this little pocket we get where we catch up with Yuri who went to the Eden Valley library slash police station to get yes. the Stussy file oh my god poor Donnie uh, uh, and just so <laughs> he Jedi Donnie like crazy it just very much the these aren't the files you're looking for just like leave I'm never here you're talking to yourself yes. right yeah. now and it's just I, it made me. It made me. It made my feelings for Donnie kind of drop a little bit because I'm like, dude, you're a cop. Stand up for yourself. Yes, there's a line beyond which you're no longer a lovable idiot. Right. You're just, you're an, just idiot. an idiot. You're just an idiot. And he but crossed that line. Mashman, he had Tinder. All right, on the mind. Right. He's, <laughs> yeah. he's got. He's got ladies on the mind. He, you know. But like I pointed out, even in the first episode, he had forgotten his gun. Right. right. In the car. Yeah. That's his deal. 
So, like, I can be like, okay, that's your thing. You do that a lot. He should not be a cop. He shouldn't be. He should. But then also, he's got the ladies on the mind. It's it's double. He's, you know, he's. You know where? He's not you know focused. what he needs to be? He needs to be a manager at Arby's, like now. There you yeah, go. Yeah, because you know who would love him for that? Gloria. Yeah, probably. Right? And, you know, what was that, too? Because it wasn't Tinder, because this is 2010. Yes. Right. Well, Tinder it doesn't it's, exist yet. It's 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 what you would call it. Was it like okay what? Cupid? Was he just going through his Facebook? I, I just saw him go nope. Nope. He was it's also like possible Tinder. like maybe he's just looking at different like he's creeping people different on Facebook. Girls. And yeah. Donnie has had the idea for Tinder before there was oh, a Tinder. Donnie the creates Tinder. Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> he goes to Silicon Valley after all of this goes south. <laughs> And just creates Tinder. And he figures as out. The origin. I get he is like Donnie Mashman is the Roland Presbaluski of the Fargo universe in that he was a police officer, found that it wasn't his calling, but his true calling laid down another path. And once he followed that path, his life is made. Yeah, Done. Perfect. He never needs a gun ever again. I also love that it was on a Blackberry, too. So yes. it's like, you really have to press the buttons. You really got to get in there. There's no yeah. swiping. It's just like. Uh, it's aggressive. You gotta press now. down hard. I, yeah. I did think it was interesting, though, that essentially by putting his head in the sand, that's what enabled Donnie to live. I have no True. no hangups that Yuri would have killed him. He would totally. would have thought about it. Yeah, because yeah, there's also a question of like, okay, he let him get his gun. Mm-hmm. Did he empty out the gun? Like. There no, was... I think he would be confident enough to know that, like, Mashman is not going to come after him. Gonna... And that would make him feel better to say, look, you have your gun. I'm not going to hurt you if you follow what I say. Is his last name Mashman? Yeah. Is that really yeah. It? That's what I call it. Well, that's when what I call it. When you mash a man, mash what do you man, get? A Mashman. Good night, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's it. Our show's not going to get any better than that. Nope. So the other thing that I really liked about the scene was the line that Yuri has where he says, you think you see me, but your eyes are lying. And I like how consistently we've woven in this theme of storytelling and this idea that your reality can often be dictated by what you decide your reality is, what story you tell yourself. Yeah. So I like that we get another nod to that. We also see his little wolf head that he left outside. Yeah, I, I saw some reoccurring animal themes in this episode, too. We have the wolf head, which, you know, we've already had the Peter and the Wolf episode, so wolves are already a big part of this. But we also see a lot of bears in this yes. one episode. One episode, I've never noticed as many bears in this whole season as I have in this one episode. Well, you've got the big the big stuffed, big one, stuffed one at Emmett's house. Yeah. Right. And then yeah. in the restaurant, you've restaurant got the bears. Oh, surrounded you're by right. bears. Yeah. yeah. Every time they went to cut to the cut to the the restaurant and would see the bears again now bears are very russian russian uh that's italian to bears in that way I, bears are also kind of an aggressive species right. so but i besides that i'm curious about why so many bears. it mean it's it's the it's like a metaphor or a thing for for varga and mimo yeah. and yuri yeah, they're all just I mean, bears. They're, they're all just a bunch of bears. <laughs> uh, there was once, I do love that one shot that we get. Let's skip a little bit ahead. Sure. When we'll go back to the restaurant yes. and everything. But while we're on the topic of bears, when Varga goes and sits down in the uh, lobby with Emmett, and Emmett's on one side where it's there's a Christmas tree and it's like this pretty half of the frame. And the other frame, even though it's like a symmetrical frame, 
in the other side of it is just Varga with no lights and just a bear. Yeah. And we're fading some of these images back and forth on different back sides of the frame. While Varga tells Emmett this crooked man crooked nursery man. rhyme and yeah. Emmett just Which breaks. Is just like, also, that's like, that's of course your mom told you to be the crooked man. Mm-hmm. You crooked. That's so... That's that's so him. Yes. Which is a nice kind of Jabberwock moment, too. It reminded me of uh, Mike's uh, Jabberwock uh, poem from season, season two. two. Yep. Yeah. So, all right, I want to jump back to the restaurant. Back to the restaurant. Mm-hmm. So, Emmett has arrived for this dinner meeting with Cy and the Widow Goldfarb. It's the nice Widow to Goldfarb. see Mary McDonald again. Also, it's just nice that we get to say the Widow Goldfarb again. Of course. Because it's <laughs> great to say the Widow it makes Goldfarb. Me, it makes me feel that much classier that I have a context in which to throw that out. Yeah. Yes. So, Emmett is, is drinking a little bit. He's starting to go on a bit of a tear about how the problem isn't money. The problem is losers and moochers and hangers-on. Right. He also just murdered his brother. Yep. Like, yes. You can't forget, <laughs> he's showing up to this dinner meeting after just murdering his brother. Also, we find out what the meeting slash dinner is that he referred to in the previous episode. And we kind of can understand why he was maybe a bit cagey with Varga about that. Yes. Because this is size, this is how we get out. To try and get away from Varga. And we're basically yeah. throwing him the Widow Goldfarb as a distraction. It's like, here, you want you want the business? You want all this money? Here, Yeah, she's got it now. Leave us alone. Right. Right. Yeah. I'm so like, that's not going to work. So it does stand to reason that Emmett would be, let's say... Uh, distracted? Uh, distracted, shaken, yeah. in a bit of a fragile state. It does, to me, raise the question, though, Varga's a very smart guy. He's, he knows that Emmett is not cut out for this life. It's very interesting to me that Varga, knowing that, would send Emmett to that meeting anyway, expecting anything but what ultimately happens. So maybe Varga's been... Maybe, well, maybe that yeah, was his chess piece was, of like, exactly. oh, now blow it with the Widow Goldfarb. You have so, no way out. So Widow Goldfarb yeah. isn't an option anymore. So that's probably true. So so Emmett's starting to unravel a little bit at the table. He's, yeah. He straight up says, right. yeah, my wife left. Like we, her, Your husband passed a year ago. My wife just left sex tape. Wasn't really me. I mean, it was really a sex tape, but it was, right. a, it was a forgery. But it wasn't my... Yeah. And he's just digging and digging he and digging. He also says if it doesn't come back then you should hunt it down and kill it when they talk about love. And I'm yes. like, and that was the first moment where then after that came out, the Goldfarb was like, uh-huh. Yes. And then so he just blood lost, on your shirt. Yeah, he <laughs> lost his this mind. This must be wine from lunch. Yep. Wine from lunch. That's not a good excuse. No, it's just from all the sloppy drinking I was doing in the <laughs> I think you could argue that Winnie showing up saves him from digging a deeper hole at that table. Yeah. yeah I don't think but it of does. course, But of course, he gets up and immediately digs a, a hole triple that size. He starts... Blurting out an alibi before she oh, said a God. single thing. I've been to him. here since six. Right <laughs> before before she even tells him that Ray is dead, and then once she tells him that Ray is dead, before she can use the words foul play, he starts to say, "Well, it was probably that girlfriend." Mm-hmm. Right, like, oh man, dude, just all of the things you should never do if you don't want people to know that you're guilty. Right. Someone never even took like you know. Someone wasn't even in Anything Goes in high school. No. He's never <laughs> taken an acting class. <laughs> no, someone's never watched any, co- like, n- not even an episode of Law and Order, no, I think, has know. Emmett seen. Oh, my God, no. No, he's just like, I should tell you exactly the information you want to hear right away. Been here the whole night. Whole been night. Been here since six. Since six. I've been here since six. six it's that girl. Six. You should arrest six. her. Throw her up. She's a bad one, I told. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the two of them get out of there. It's like, sigh. 
ushers very wisely ushers Emmett I out of there. I also like how Cy knows right away that yeah. Emmett definitely killed Ray. <laughs> like yeah. it's no, it wasn't hidden from us, and it wasn't hidden from Cy. Because no. you do have that, like you know, if you don't, you don't have to tell me where you were. You yeah. don't have to, and it's just. And I also love this moment right afterwards where Emmett confronts Sai and just repeats everything Varga's just been siphoning into his ear. Right. Like, right back at Sai, and Sai just comes up with... It's, it was a very similar scene to, actually, Gloria... I was going to say, yeah. we, get, we get two of those this episode where somebody is spinning a narrative to throw at somebody else that, if you think about it for a second, makes so much less sense than yeah. this supposedly outlandish version of the story that we've been tracking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I love that Sai's logic is like, why would I partner up with Ray? To, to, what would be my endgame? To turn millions into thousands? That yeah. doesn't make right. any sense at all. Also, before we move too far away from it, the, ta- the very tail end of that restaurant scene, once Sai gets Emmett out of there, is Winnie approaching the Widow Goldfarb at the table, presumably to ask her a few right. questions as well. Yes. Right. And I was like, good job, Winnie. Yeah. So now what information does the Widow Goldfarb know that now Winnie might learn from that? Is one, that they're trying to sell off the business mm-hmm. entirely. That's one big one. And also, we'll kind of be able to fact check when exactly uh, Emmett showed up. Right. And just the general craziness that Emmett has. And also the spot on that his shirt. That there was blood on yeah. his shirt. He's a sloppy wine drinker. Yeah. Yes. All of that is set up. But this this scene, even though it doesn't descend into a full-blown screaming match between Emmett and Sai, and it seems like they walk away without, you know, certainly without screaming, without coming to blows, without it escalating further, it does seem like Sai now sees very clearly that this relationship is fractured probably beyond the point of repair. And I think Do that's you think when, that I feel like he still wants Emmett to trust him. He still wants to help Emmett out. I think that's true, but I think he finally now sees the futility of his position. I think that's why the next scene we see Cyan right. is him coming home broken. Yeah. We see his, and we see his wife comforting him. And her reaction, like, I agree the the like her helping him like undress and giving him his little like house coat and all that. Yeah. That's mm. probably something that happens. Almost, if not every night. Right. But him breaking down like that seems to be very shocking even to her. She's like, Han, what's wrong? She seems genuinely surprised and genuinely concerned. Yeah. Yeah. I also had another F.U. Varga moment when she showed up because I was like, she's not fat. What are you talking about, Varga? Right. Because Varga had that whole you have a fat life like speech. Mm -hmm. Yes. And it's like, she is fine. She looks fine. She does. Midwestern and fine. Never, mm-hmm. never would the first thought I have be fat person. That's a fat <laughs> wife right there. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. Uh, no, Varga. Mm, no. Bad man. But it's, bad that, man. that moment, seeing seeing Cy not just emotionally, really emotionally vulnerable in a way that we haven't seen before, but at this the lowest of low emotional points for him. Yeah. I actually, for the first time, really felt for this guy. Me too. Because Sai is a jerk. He is not, in in a traditional sense, especially right. in fiction, a quote unquote good person. Right. But he is he is human, and mm-hmm. I appreciate that this show gave us an opportunity to see even a character like Sai as human and fallible. Right. Well, his whole life has been, you know, sussy and that whole deal. And it's like, if you lose that, it's like losing your partner in life, which is why his whole entire world is just falling apart around yes. him, which yeah. is sad. But I'm like, dude, that coffee, that, that coffee, the traffic thing 
is what really, I'm like, dude, if you weren't such an idiot with your dumb Hummer and that traffic thing, I mean, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, he is, ah, he just, he messed shit up. Right. And if Fargo wasn't around, Cy maybe would be able to fix it, but it's just. You can't. Like, you Cy can't. is not a match for this no, guy. Yeah. Not at all. I'll see he probably wouldn't have been able to fix it anyways. He would just be, the best move he has is to point and then drive away. Yes. Right. So. so, meanwhile, at the station in St. Cloud, Gloria is still trying to get an opportunity to speak with Nikki, but is being given a grand old bureaucratic runaround, having to get one form and then another form, then another form. Right, the blue form, and then, oh, you, you it's not the blue form. It's like talking to these two guys in this tiny room that they don't even fit. <laughs> you can't open the door all the way. That's a very bureaucratic room. So she's basically told, like, you've got to go back to your superior, your quote-unquote superior officer, and then we'll give you another form once you've got that signature, and then we can give you the blue form. Yeah. So Gloria, understandably very, very frustrated, fed up, stressed out, just goes, sits in a, a bathroom stall, takes a breather for a second, like unbuttons her top button, get a little more air. Okay, what do I do? And meanwhile, Nikki is sitting in her cell, yeah. and and an officer, or rather somebody dressed like an officer whose face is obscured at Suspicious. first. Suspicious. Tells her, put your arms up so we can cuff you to the bars so we can do we can do a search, mm-hmm. essentially. Yeah, that was uh, when that first happened, I was like, this this guy isn't legit. Well, as soon as we didn't see this officer's face, I'm going, why? As soon as there's one officer right. who's like, I got to tie you up so I can, I can look in the room, it just doesn't make sense. Well, also, she saw the light on the camera go off as well as we all did as well. The right. very before he even comes in, the light goes off, off from red, which I'm like, that's weird. Stop recording. Second he comes right. in, it's like weird business. It's like, okay, something's going down. Also, how did I weirdly know it was DJ Qualls? Did you, how did I did you recognize really? his voice? I really recognized DJ Qualls' voice. Oh, my gosh. To the point where I was like, this isn't DJ Qualls, is it? That's a weird choice. It was. But it was. Did. And then, surprise. I thought it was a great choice. Yeah, it was. Yeah, but I knew... But it's just like out of the blue. Out of nowhere, a little out bit. Out of nowhere, this kind yeah. of recognizable character actor who was big, like, you know, 10 years ago. But I right. love, like, he did, yeah, he first, like, it was uh, the new guy, and then I think he was in Road Trip, right? And yeah. then I feel like yeah. he didn't necessarily go away, but he wasn't in these movies that were getting big releases, and then suddenly he pops up again a handful of years later doing these really fantastic one-off spots on some of the best shows on yeah. TV. On television, yeah. He's settling into, like, being a great character actor. He was, he was like, a becoming a big comedy actor, and now he's just, like, a character actor, and he's perfect in it. So yes. it's great to see him in this. Yes, and yeah. so he's got, he's got Nikki handcuffed, and he produces syringe. a syringe full of some unknown substance. And I had this moment of like, oh, my my heart can't take this. If we're mm-hmm. really if we're really going here, I can't I can't handle it. So Gloria saved me too because I would have been having a real rough day right about now. Yeah. Gloria busts in, super cop, gun drawn, is race like drop the syringe, and then DJ Qualls busts like a ninja move. Yeah. On her. Yeah, dude. Just kicks the gun away and is able to flee Qual- the scene before other officers arrive. Hashtag Qualls be kicking. Qualls be kicking. <laughs> but so we don't know exactly who he is. Presumably, no. presumably he's there at Varga's behest somehow. Yeah, working for Varga. Right. It kind of did reveal, oh, Varga has more people than two people. Yes. Because we have been seeing these two lieutenants, uh, Yuri and Nemo, kind of popping up. But we this is the first time we see someone 
in the wider range of more people. Yes, yeah. and this dude is clearly well trained. He can get in undetected, and he even once he's caught, he get out. He's able to get out of there. He's yeah. able to disarm a police officer who's got their gun on him and get out without being apprehended. Mm-hmm. Who is this person? It takes some training, Russian so training. Varga's got a, a ninja army, as it turns out. Yeah, it's discreet. Army discreet, of ninja looking DJ. <laughs> That's DJ stands for discreet jujitsu. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna die on that hill. Um, <laughs> so so <laughs> perfect. They, well, and then you have Mo coming in. Yes, dumb sheriff Mo. The first thing he sees when because the gun goes off, so the cops freak out and they disarm Gloria, who has the gun. And the first thing Mo sees is like, did Nikki? Did you have the syringe? How could she possibly? Right. Have brought that syringe in. <laughs> they do search her, right? They don't just go you like, well, we'll yeah. just put you in there. Hopefully no syringes. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that when you are arrested, you have to surrender the property that's, that's on like you. It's like a giant comical size syringe, yeah. too. It's, yeah. But so they look at the security footage because Gloria's like, you have look at the tape. There, there must be something on the tape. But, of course, we know that Varga is, if nothing else, a manipulator of technology. Yeah. Something is wrong with the footage. Something, But something is so clearly wrong with the footage <laughs> that finally even Mo has to go, oh, well, fine. Well, no, not at first. Not at first. He goes, oh, you get glitches. You get glitches. You yeah. just don't have... I wanted to be Mo was like, it's probably a poltergeist. Yeah. <laughs> so probably you got some ghosts. It's probably has nothing to or do with it. some ghosts. You get the ghosts, passing ghosts potatoes. came by or just... <laughs> You got spooky spuds. Is what I say. <laughs> what do you got when you when you when you bear when you murder some potatoes? You get, you get coming back as ghosts. You get murdery potatoes. Potato murdery potatoes. Indeed, but what we do finally settle on something must have been done to this footage. It could be a hack by an outside party. What's happened in the chat right now? Sorry, uh, Corey Silva just uh, called out that the restaurant. This is totally to do with what we were talking about about bears earlier. Yes, but the restaurant was called the Bears Den. So that's an interesting note. That's why there were so many bears, but also, I don't know where they're going with this bear thing. But it's that's something that's there. I'm sorry. Go back. No, well, I'm genuinely curious. If you yeah. if you see any more bear shaped Easter eggs in any of these sure. episodes, guys, please let yeah. us know because I want to start putting these pieces together. We do though finally settle on this footage was tampered with. Could be an outside. They use the term hack. Could be an outside party tampering with the footage, and eventually, even Mo has to go like, "All right, fine, right, potatoes." Mm-hmm. Potatoes, potatoes, etc. <laughs> potatoes. Well, even but even in the uh, when they start talking to when they start talking to Nikki in the in the cell, he he was still like, I'm still going with my initial theory of this. I'm not saying this, but let's hear you out. Let's yes. keep going. But I'm still saying it was. My balloon and potato theories. All my analogies are <laughs> yeah. are mashing together to be one balloon filled of mashed potatoes. Yeah. Yes. And Gloria does eventually finally get an opportunity to speak very briefly with Nikki. All Nikki will say is follow the money. Right. And we know that Nikki, for for all of the illicit activities she may have been involved with over the years, she's a pretty smart cookie as well. We saw yeah. how quickly she pieced together what was happening in that one very short surveillance trip she took with Ray. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she was, and at first I was like, why aren't you just telling them the whole story? But then I realized it it would put her, she'll be confessing to a lot of stuff. A lot. Well, mm-hmm. she'd be confessing to a murder, if, yeah. not, if nothing else. Murder, blackmail, 
like uh, kind of a ton of stuff that's probably pretty illegal. Yes. Yeah. So that's why she kind of kept it vague and followed the money. Yes. And Mo says, well, we're going to take you to the state pen. And he says, protective custody. And he like throws it at her yeah. a little bit. In a way. It's like, dude, You're just welcome. stop. It's like, you, do you win, basically. Calm down. But also, she was in protective custody, and that didn't stop DJ Qualls. Yeah, I'm. Go- I'm thinking to myself too. It's like if she actually makes it all the way to prison, does why does anyone think that she's going to be safer? We already had one person dressed in a police officer's uniform try and kill her. Why is she going to be safer in prison? Right. I mean, it was hard for Gloria to get in that room. Like, yeah, <laughs> that guy had to do some stuff. Which means he can do stuff anywhere. Well, the only thing that kept her out of that room, I think, was her was her uniform. I think, honestly, oh. like, and maybe the fact that she was a woman, too. But, like, the, putting a guy in the right uniform probably was just able to walk past the guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yikes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so. So we go, yeah, to the bus. Well, before we get to the bus, we do get that, that wonderful moment between Gloria and Nikki where the two of them seem mm. to actually, actually ever so briefly connect. Where Gloria says, you know, after the holidays, I'll come visit you. I'll bring you pie. What kind of pie do you like? And we can talk about Ray. And it's not about we can talk about what you're accused of. We can talk about these crimes. We can talk about Ray's death. It's yeah. we can talk about him who he was what he was like and i look this Which is what a detective should do absolutely yeah. it's not only a great tactic but it's a really it's a really human moment and i think for me this episode answered the question of whether or not nikki genuinely cared for ray i think it's clear that she did whatever her personal goals were whatever she was hoping to get out of that relationship she does seem really emotionally affected by the yeah. fact that he's gone and the fact that she says, you don't cut him open, he doesn't deserve that. Like, showing affection for the body and just being, just trying to... Yeah, because it's already done with now. Yeah. There's nothing she can do to change it. So right. it's like, yeah. she still is holding on a and little she, bit She too. doesn't have to act like, she doesn't have to sell the illusion that she cares for him no. to try and convince them that she's innocent. Right. That's not required. Right. So the fact that she's, she's doing that for no reason other than she doesn't want to see that happen to him yeah and granted i think she treated him kind of like a puppy oh for sure still it was um it still felt kind of like a genuine the genuine way you love your puppy exactly the way yeah. that she loved especially if she right. goes along with the story of like that <laughs> ray was beating her up yeah. she's probably not gonna yeah. ask to bury the body exactly. or not cut him up exactly right. so <clears throat> nikki is loaded onto a bus for prisoner transport transport with a p mm-hmm and yes. as as soon as we're we're tracking her walk onto the Ooh, bus, you knew she was going to be seated next to someone well, we recognize. It's like what's going to happen here? Is there is there going to be a is there going to be as there turned out to be a familiar face on this bus, or is something one of these people going to be there to kill her? What mm-hmm. is what is happening? Why are we building? She right. sits down, and before anything else happens, I'm going. There's a shoulder in this shot. Mm-hmm. You didn't have to frame somebody else's shoulder into no. the shot where she is sitting down. It's a good old dirty shot. Unless we're going to pay. Good old dirty shot. Good old shot. dirty shot. <laughs> and then, of course, as the bus leaves and Gloria in her cruiser splits off from it, we get the unmistakable sounds of those jaunty drums from yeah. season one. And already I'm just like, I'm starting to like bob up and down. It's like a Pavlovian thing that's happening to me while I'm watching the yeah, show. Yeah, I was like, that sounds familiar, but I forget where I heard that from. Mm-hmm. Is it going to get into a song I recognize? And we get this pan from Nikki over to her seatmate, and it is Mr. Wrench. Mr. Wrench. The mute, deaf... There we go, there the it is. The deaf hitman! The deaf hitman from season one who was partnered with Mr. Numbers. Yeah. If you want to listen to the song, by the way, just Google Wrench and Numbers. 
and Fargo, and it's that's this was made by Joe Russo, I think, is the composer of Fargo, and he composed this this track just for Wrench and Numbers. Yes. So this is their their theme, which is interesting because in my head, I know there is a Fargo theme, but I think of this as the Fargo theme just as often. Because of it's well, because how it's heavily also, it was used in season one. It's also much more uplifting than it true. is with, uh, than the actual Fargo far theme. Less, which far less, far less So this is good. But it was it was really cool to see Russell Harvard back as Mr. Wrench, and we finally got a direct connection to other parts of the Fargo mythology, which we had been, I think, waiting for all yeah. season. Mm-hmm. And I think Wrench is officially the one person, the character, who's been in all three seasons. Yes, all three seasons. Oh, yeah. Because in the first season, you he comes in with Mister Numbers, and in the second season, he, you see him as a kid. Yes, playing on uh, playing uh, baseball with Numbers as kids, and then Hansi goes and presumably kidnaps him to start like a, a crime. Hansi Hansi does a lot of stuff in those intervening <laughs> decades. Hansi also becomes white between well, the <laughs> events of season two and the events of season yeah, one. He yeah, he becomes. Uh, Tipola, Tripola. He becomes Tripoli, in in which is from season one. Who gets killed by Malvo, and that's also the Fargo mafia syndicate. Which means that um, uh, Wrench has connections to the uh, the Fargo mafia syndicate. Yes, right. Which was kind of destroyed by Malvo, but is probably still active and has some connection. So doing something to Wrench might start that family into investigating whatever's going on currently happening. Moses Tripoli. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So what we see happen in this last sequence of the episode is something steps out. We can't, it's a little little obscured, whatever it is, steps out onto the road and causes this bus to crash, to completely flip. Well, it's Yuri steps out. Yes. It is Yuri as we see as he walks toward the bus, but we see like, what is what is that? That <laughs> looks like a dog head on a man's butt. I know what's happening. Oh, the bus is upside down now. Boo, bus being upside down. Boo, but it looked cool. It looked really cool. It looked really really That was a, a gorgeous also, bus crash. Also, how did that guy's arm not come flying? I wanted in slow-mo, because they're chained to the, to the top of the bar, that right. when they'd roll over, that his arm would disconnect from I his kinda, body. I kind of wanted them to start spinning like just, a Cirque de Soleil. Oh like God! Moment, Do like, a, a just like a slow mo yeah. freeze frame. Yeah, yeah. Like, okay. yeah. There are definitely going to be. I wanted his body to come off of his arm. There's going to be more than that's, one. That's weird. That's prisoner so weird on that about. bus with either a severe fracture or possibly no arm. Yeah. Right. right? So and yet it looks like Nikki just took a nap. Exactly. I'm like, what is her hand? She just oh, she just looks so took, peaceful. I think it was. I mean, it looks really cool, but I also was thinking about ooh, actually shooting that. Where they had to take something, turn it on its right. head. Those are probably all stunt people hanging from the actual thing so yeah, they yeah. can do it. And so they just had to put... Uh, uh, They're like, you just lay here after she, all the... Yeah, she's done. just like, just lay, yeah, just keep yeah. doing this you so you won't get down. hurt and we could do this cool shot. <laughs> yeah. And so the last thing we see happen in this episode after this, again, gorgeous looking bus crash is... Yuri and Mimo, and am I crazy? It looked like there was a third person. No, there there I, was. Yes, there yes. was. Was it DJ um, Qualls? Might be DJ Qualls. Yeah, like some. Yeah. We're adding a third member. I to noticed the band that too because you saw two coming out from the the woods behind. Yeah. And it looked like Yuri. everybody was wearing animal heads. Animal yes. heads. So not all the same animal heads. Yuri had the wolf. It looked like there was a pig. 
Maybe. in there, and I couldn't tell what the other ones because they were out of focus. Mm-hmm. Right. But yeah, and then they started cutting open yes, the they, actual gate. They descend on the bus, and Yuri begins to cut open that gate, presumably to get to Nikki while Nikki lays there unconscious. Very pretty-like. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows what's going to happen? I don't know what's going to happen. And also, we don't know where Wrench is. No. Because no, in they that, didn't cut back to him. Yeah, and she's kind of laying all, like, taking a nap in right. front of where Wrench would be sitting or laying himself. So... That's gonna. What could end up happening is Yuri could fight Wrench. Wrench could, you know, that something could happen there, right? Where that they're building up. I don't think this mafia is the last meets word. Vargas. No, here's yeah. here's here's what I think. I think I want to hear you guys predict the outcome of this scenario. God, see what I did? Oh, oh, oh you it? said you said the magic word. Uh, predict. Uh, Ooh, I don't know. Ooh. Um, so what does happen? Because my first thought is there's no way we bring Mr. Wrench back into the fold to immediately kill him in a bus crash. Right. Right. No, no. There's no way he's dead. Well, he's... Okay. yeah. There you go. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'll go. Oh. <laughs> a couple of things that we see in next week's on episode, uh, on the, the teaser for next week, that I actually looked up this time. One of the things is Emmett is getting haunted by the ghost of his, uh, of his stamp. He goes to his office, and his stamp is in every frame of of his office. And oh. he looks around, and it's all over the place. And he starts freaking out and asking his secretary what's happening. Now, why would Varga need to do that? I feel like he doesn't. But who might want to do it is someone who's trying to get into his head and say, we're coming for you. And that could be the other mob. That could be the Fargo family. That could. So if Wrench gets tied up with Nikki, and or they, they kind of go after Varga... That could maybe be what's going but on. But we also still, I feel like we don't know at all what Varga's actual end game is. Right, like, why do they need to go get Nikki right now? I mean, I right. get before she spills the beans, but, like, is she really going to spill the beans? And she's going to a penitentiary. Like, you could, you didn't need to do that whole bus thing. I feel like it was, like, a really dramatic thing just to maybe stop her from saying a few words. And what do you need Emmett Stussy for in the first place? If you're Varga and you, by your own admission, have somehow amassed so much wealth that it makes sense that you've adopted this this philosophy of, I'm going to stay invisible. I'm so wealthy, it's smarter for me to not be seen. What do you need Emmett Stussy for? Also, remember, this is the same... Well, they need him for money laundering. Right, but I feel like but you could mark... But now he's becoming super suspicious. Right, so. and you could mark somebody else if all you want is a money laundering operation. Yeah. That's true, but now he's in it, so I feel like he's going to keep going through with it or figure out a way out. And also, with she's still a loose end, and you got to remember this is still the same guy who threw someone off of a parking structure. Right, because, because of a loose Googled end. Them. Totally. Yeah. yeah. So it's... Yeah. I feel like they wanted to do the syringe and probably make it look like she had a heart attack or a drug overdose right. or something. But everything... So it easy. Right, yeah. But now it's not so easy, so they're trying to get... They have to go. Yeah. yeah. And, and who's to say Wrench isn't in on this, too? Wrench could be, like, a part of the gang. Sure. Yeah. We don't really know what Wrench is up to after his former employee... Because uh, the former Hanzi, uh, Moses Tripoli. Moses Tripoli, Tripoli, yes. He was killed, right, by Malvo? Yes. So he's kind of up, and Numbers is gone, too, Yes. Uh, by Malvo. So he's a little up in the air, like, what is his employment like right now? Yeah. So they could be coming for him, and or they could be, you know, 
he could be involved with the same group of people too. That would be a really interesting hard left if they're not even there for Nikki. They're just there to bust out Mr. Wrench. Yeah, or I could see it as uh, Wrench ends up defending Nikki somehow. It's not that Wrench is like the nicest guy. No, but he also never seemed evil the way somebody no. like Varga does. He seemed like he was a professional and yes. not like a malevolent force or something. Right. Yeah. So he he could end up defending Nikki and Nikki and and him end up having a fugitive situation where they kind of hit the road after kind of beating up Yuri and his crew a little bit and mm-hmm. then they're kind of together. But who knows? We only have three more episodes too, so I feel like also if Mr. Wrench he needs some some mob money, he might just be like, I'll you know, stand up for Nikki, but then be like, let me just join Vargas team. You have billions of dollars? I'm sorry. Right. Yeah. I don't know. And, I mean, he's just a mobster. And two, I, I go back to thinking about, because I don't watch the next week on Fargo's, um, so I didn't me know neither. about this business with the stamp coming yeah. back and haunting him. Maybe maybe it's Varga, maybe it's not, but once it becomes clear to Varga that Emmett is unreliable as a co-conspirator, and, especially, and it speaks to Varga's fascination with stories with differing versions of reality, this dude's clearly already beginning to unravel. If your whole goal is to stay invisible, if this guy's going to spill, you drive him as crazy as you possibly can so that even if he tells everyone everything, it just seems like a story being spun by a crazy person. Right. Right. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, that's how he's able to survive so far. With That's why Mo won't believe this, because it just sounds so crazy. Exactly. Yeah. Um, what, one person in the chat, Carlos uh, Perez in the chat, says, Varga is the devil and needs Emmett's soul. That would be a very, very left turn. But who knows? I guess. We haven't had our fro- uh, frogs flying from the sky or UFO moment. It's a good point. Unless the, that moment is actually... Um, the fact that technology can't recognize. I right. think he just needs Gloria. his parking garages. He just wants to park his. It's going to be. Mobile homes. It's going to be ghost potatoes, you yeah. guys. We ghost already potatoes. we already called this. In two we weeks, we're all going to feel super this. smart. Yeah, yeah. But the ghost potatoes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I think we hit we hit pretty much everything. I think that there I is think so. to hit. Are there final thoughts from either one of you guys about this episode? Final thoughts from our friends in the chat. Anything else that we we left unturned? One thing in prediction wise, I do think we are going to find out when Nikki sees in the picture. Yes. And maybe she's going to use that to go against, to to fight against Varga and uh, Emmett. So if she ends up being involved in this other mob boss, being involved with the police, anything where maybe she can actually get to him through whatever she sees in the picture. Because that can't be. We lingered so intently on it, it would be very yeah, surprising if we if never come back come to back. that. Yeah. yeah, I yeah. agree with that. I don't think there's anything else I had written down. Yeah, uh, we do have a question in the uh, in the chat. I think we've brought this up before, but I see spots asked, "Does the myth of Sisyphus apply in this season?" From the stamp, I mean, and I think yes. I think I think you yes, could argue it it's does. applying to almost every character we've been following. I think that's <laughs> that's what the most of the theme of Fargo is: is people trying to trying to get their job done and do and make their dreams happen. But always feeling like it keeps coming back at them. So, which for Mashman, it's just finding a lady on Tinder. It's, oh, it's inventing Tinder first, <laughs> and maybe hopefully remembering his gun. We've actually Mashman secretly needs a match. we've been watching the Tinder origin story. It's like the social network for Tinder the entire time, right. secretly in the background. <laughs> so weird. 
Anyway, I think that is going to wrap it up for us this week on ABTV Fargo. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. There are only three episodes left. I don't know what's going to happen. Until we reconvene, my friends, where can the good people find you on the internet? You can find me at MRDaveChild on the Twitter or the internet and DaveChild.com. And you guys can find me at YouTube.com <laughs> backslash Tara Erickson, Twitter at the Tara Erickson. And I am good, all over social job, media. Robot. You're welcome. <laughs> Lex Michael, thank you guys again for joining us. Uh, please keep up with us on Twitter. Hit us up. We love you. We love talking to you about the show. We love we love so many things. So much nah, love. Nah, Mwah. We nah. will see you next week for more Fargo. Nah. Mwah. Nah. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Ghost Potatoes. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.